Picture this. The journey ahead starts here together, and together we can build a brighter future. You are listening to Illuminating Hope, a podcast of Hope House. to Illuminating Hope. I'm your host, Tina Johnson, alongside my co-host, Marianne Matheny, CEO of Hope House. And today we are so excited to introduce to you former professional boxer, Christy Martin. Christy is the founder of Christy's Champs. It's a growing movement of leaders who work to ensure those who suffer emotional and physical abuse in their families have an outlet to receive education and support that they need to report, share, and overcome violence and live a life free of threats, blackmail, shame, and fear. Hope House, Casey Golden Gloves, and Christie's Champs all strive to empower individuals to rise above their circumstances, find their inner strength, and ultimately create a better future for themselves. What was the driving force for you to become a professional boxer, especially in the generation and being a female? I'd love to hear that story. People said I could, and and I'm that one, you know. Tell me I can't and sit back and watch. I think now they say sit back and take pictures because it's going to happen. You know, that was part of it. And it was just, yeah, tell me I can't do it. And then no one else was really doing it. So my career got a little more, a little bump, a little more excitement and a little further along. I would say, can't quit now. Maybe we can get to that next level. And then finally I ended up being promoted by Don King, which was crazy. Fighting under Mike Tyson, at Bander Holyfield, Chavez, Trinidad, all those great legends. So it was pretty awesome. So talk to me about your training. What did you have to do in order to prepare for boxing matches? What people don't understand, and it's all professional athletes, but boxing is different. I mean, because it's so much mental, 24-7, 365. You never really get to let your mind rest. Even if you're letting your body rest, your mind is. So I was out there doing road work every morning, long distance runs, sprints, then we would be in the gym, sparring, hitting the mitts, hitting the heavy bag, learning the speed bag, jump rope, all the things that it takes. And then, you know, I, I watched fights. I was a great fan, a really big fan. And, and because being a female fighter, I was always nervous that someone was going to ask me about an old time fighter. So I did a lot of reading, a lot of studying. I watched a lot of old fight films. So I would be prepared. And when they asked me about who's Willie Pep, I could tell you. When they asked me about who's Gene Fulmer, when they asked me about these guys, I could tell you. I could tell you something about them, their weight class, their fights they had. I wanted to be able to give a little bit so they knew I was serious about my job. I wasn't just there for the attention or whatever that the promotion may be giving me. I wanted to be a fighter and I wanted to be a good fighter. As you know, when we first met, I didn't know very much about boxing at all. But it does feel like you really brought this to people in general because being a woman, being the first woman, really, you really made a name for yourself. How did you adjust to all of that fame and being in the spotlight? Because you also tell me that you're an introvert and you not necessarily like all the attention, but you really drew a lot of attention. You still do. How was that transition for you? It was just totally crazy. Because when I tell people that I'm from a town, a very small town in southern West Virginia, I'm truly a coal miner's daughter, my town is one mile long, one mile long. There's fewer people in my town than in most neighborhoods. So to go from there to fighting at Madison Square Garden, 
promoted by Don King, getting, you know, on the Jay Leno show, doing all this awesome stuff. It was so, it's still so out of my league that I, I can't even put words to it because you dream, you know, growing up, you're dreaming, oh, maybe I'll do this. Practice my autograph while I was in college. I just didn't know what I was going to do. What? I, yeah, I had no idea what I was going to do, but I would practice my autograph. It's just, you still, you can't dream as big as the stuff that happened to me. And of course, just to fight on the Tyson cars, on Showtime, on HBO, anything with Don King is awesome. And to get to, to go back now, I'm still working with Don King. Don King is 92 years old. Oh I, I just commentated on a show that he had in, in December. It's a lot of excitement. It's a lot of fun. And then, then like I get to take my fighters to Don King shows and introduce my fighters to Don King. And they're so, they're like, oh my God, oh my God. Do you really know him? Like, yeah, you know, so it's cool. It's awesome. And again, my degree is in education. So my plan for life would have been teaching school in Southern West Virginia, maybe coaching basketball. My life has been a lot different than that. It took a very different turn. Talk a minute about Don King, if, if you're comfortable with that, because he is this presence that is so big. And I do have a little bit of that. Oh, you know him? What is he like? I, I understand that. She's fangirling over here. <laughs> So talk about uh, the, if you if you're comfortable talking about about him and uh, what that was like. The very first time I met him, I'm sitting across the table, so called negotiating a contract for me. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, I am a coal miner's daughter, 22 years old, 23 years old, and I'm sitting across the table from Don King. Not only is he like the biggest figure in boxing, but he's a big presence. I mean, it's right. just Don King walks in the room. Even today at 92 years old, everybody turns their head like, oh my god, it's Don King out of my league. But I would and I would have signed a napkin. I would have signed anything. Whatever he pushed across the table, I would have signed it for the opportunity to fight on his shows and be promoted by Don King. So I had a great career with him. I think he gave me, I mean, he clearly gave me a great opportunity, but he just treated me like a fighter. Go out there and fight. It's on you. And, and that's what I tried to do. He would encourage me to talk a little trash and, and get some excitement coming into my fight. It's awesome to know Don King. And I talked to him about once a week or once every two weeks. I'm still trying to sign fighters with him and, and still always have his best interest. So you starred in a Netflix series, The Untold Series, which documents your detailed journey. Tell our listeners about that journey and then how you connected with Hope House and then the why will be answered after you talk about your journeys. Uh, what was it like to work with Netflix on that documentary? Working with Netflix on the documentary was really cool. The Wayan brothers are great. They're doing the Untold Series and they're really awesome. They sent a director to me. Laura was she was just the best and she took her time with me. She took she talked to me and explained every step of the way what was going to happen, why this was going to happen this way, why we couldn't do it this way. So it was good. We have really connected and have a friendship. She comes to a lot of the fights that I promote and we're going to be friends hopefully for a long time. It was scary. It was scary to put it out there, but I felt like I said in the documentary, God left me here for a reason. And that reason was to share my story and talk to people about domestic violence and to bring awareness to people. I don't want to say they don't care, but people, they don't think about it. If it's not happening in their house and even with their friends, they, their friends are putting on a, a big smile and sometimes you don't look past that initial smile. You don't look deep enough, but if you listen, pay really close attention, you can sometimes you'll be like, whoa, that didn't sound right. You're out to dinner with your friends and it doesn't always have to be him, it could be her. Constantly putting the other one down. Well, that should throw up a flag like, man, everything isn't good there. Ask questions. And sometimes it's hard. 
hard. It's hard because you don't want to feel like you're being nosy in other people's business or relationships. That person just needs you to ask a question sometimes. That's why I did the documentary and the support and the messages around the world. I mean, it's crazy the number of messages that I have received. And I talk about the biggest surprise. A lot of the messages come from fathers. And they say to me, almost every father says, thank you so much because it gave me an opportunity to open up a conversation with my daughter. I didn't know, really, I didn't know how to approach this subject. I didn't know what to say or how to talk about it. But through watching your documentary together, I was able to really discuss with her about domestic violence, not just physically mentally, emotionally, financially. So that makes me proud. Just in sharing your story, when you talk about domestic violence, I think one of the reasons that people, as you said, it's not that they don't care. I think this is such a hidden thing in our society because people don't want to talk about it because you don't want to think about what another person's capable of doing to someone that they're supposedly loving and in a relationship with. But by you coming out and sharing, you're very, it's very personal. It's your story. It's your life. And by you sharing, sharing that with people, you really do open up the avenue for conversation to take place. And I think not only being a woman, but you're a boxer and you have this notoriety and you're famous and people really can respect that and can respond to that in ways that just someone who doesn't have that isn't able to necessarily always make those connections. So I think what you've chosen to do with your life is really transformative for people in that you are opening conversations or opening doors for people to step out of the relationships and have opportunities that maybe they wouldn't have had had you not been willing to share your story. Thank you. I hope so. I, I think that people sometimes look and say, wow, if it can happen to her, then it can happen to anyone. Right. And it's okay if it happened to her that I reach out and tell somebody that this is happening to me. I think that's critical. That is absolutely critical that you have allowed people to hear that and then to be able to say, I can do this too. My story or my life is not different. Someone said to me recently, a woman said to me, if a woman stays in the situation, she deserves what she gets. Wow. Whoa. I said bad words and I said, <laughs> I deserve to get shot. Oh, no, no. Your situation was different. I said, no, it wasn't. Because, yes, I had a career. That I loved my job. I wanted to keep everything intact. But so does the lady that works at the bank love her job and wants to keep her career. And so does the person that's a school teacher. And so does the person that drives a truck. And so does every, whether it be male or female out there that's in an abusive situation. They, they love their job. I mean, and that's why we take it so much. Or we think no one's going to believe us. And, and mine was a little bit of all of it. I didn't want to lose my my job. I didn't want to lose the notoriety, the positive that I felt like I was gaining. But who's going to believe? We don't know. Can I step out and, and say something to someone? Who? Are they going to come back and say something to him? Then that just makes it worse. Right. So just in this whirlwind that you don't know which way is out. That's the answer. But that was a young woman that said that to me too. I couldn't believe it. And I thought, this is what's wrong with our society. 100%. you really believe that, then it's going to be really difficult to reach that person, even with all of the education, all of the facts and that if you come from that perspective then you're not understanding the dynamics of domestic violence at all and there's a million reasons why someone stays in a relationship and the number one reason is fear fear that they're not going to make it out and that's a very very valid fear I don't know how much you want to share about your story right now but your story also shows how dangerous it can be how dangerous trying to leave a situation can be even when you have resources available which a lot of people don't but you're story shows 
shows just like you said that by the grace of god you're still here definitely one of the statistics right it's the two-week time period of trying to leave that women stand the greatest risk of being murdered right yes and that's that was exactly what happened in seven days of trying to leave yes i had returned back to my house but that's what tried to kill me so by stabbing me repeatedly shooting me and he left me for dead but they say god had a bigger plan that's what we're trying to do now so i joined up with the whole house (laughs) to to try to explain to some of these ladies that didn't know about boxing yet that boxing and domestic violence go hand in hand and not in the negative way in the positive way in the positive way that if we can reach these young men and women boys and girls at the boxing gym that are looking for family they're looking kids that everything's going right in their house they don't end up at the boxing gym it's the kids from the tough situation the ones that are searching and reaching out for family for love they end up in a boxing gym and this is what it took a minute but it, it's all it took i don't know i think it took half a minute i think it took 30 seconds and once you guys saw the kids and the reaction and heard some of their stories no no this is exactly where we need to be right. and, and I'm, I'm really proud that hope house and kansas city golden gloves boxing have joined up together and yeah. here too already yeah. well let's talk about that so it did take a minute because i had no knowledge of boxing i really hadn't understood anything about boxing and then you came to our event which i was so incredibly grateful that you came and shared your story at our event and one of the most impactful times that i can remember and you know i've been at hope house for a long time and you could have heard a pin drop in that room of 700 people as you're sharing your story and you're sharing these very private details about what happened to you and i think that transforming that room by allowing them to understand it can happen to anyone here we have a professional boxer and it happened to you and it was extremely dangerous i mean you literally were left for dead and found it within you to get up and and get out and then had an angel pick you up in the in the street which you know again you're thinking through all of those things and i i just first of all will thank you again for doing that and then allowing that conversation to continue so you being open to let's not just have this end here and i'm grateful for that and we've met wonderful people at casey golden gloves and truly have been excited about this and we met with them and tina is going to be working with them even in more depth as we go through not just with this event so let's talk about the event last year was our first year and we are getting ready to have it again this year again we set this up and when i walked into the room i was like oh my gosh this thing is huge i had no you know no experience but this boxing ring is this massive presence in the middle of the room and it was amazing it was amazing to see the excitement on those kids face when they were doing this and it was exciting to see the people in the room the family friends the coaches that came with each of these boxers and supported them and to listen to them and get it and they got all excited when their boxer was in the ring and I appreciated that we were able to do fun little things like put the spotlight on them when they came down and they got announced and they got to walk in with the spotlight so it felt like a a real experience for them that what the boxers have said is that it was different than what they'd experienced before and they were excited to do that. You met with a lot of them beforehand. Was there anything that you got from them prior to the event that sticks out for you? This is what I got from them after the event and that is that they were lining up wanting to sign up for year two and I told Steve and Rick I'm like you guys are going to have so many people that want to participate in this event next year talking about this year you're going to like have to delete people I'm sure that that's what they're having it was an awesome event but I had people come to me and you know ask me boxing questions and then I had some of the coaches come to me and just talk to me about domestic violence and about how to bring it up with their boxers what is the right way what is the right time and 
what should they say? Most of it, you know, everybody's on an individual basis. You know these kids. You know what there's going on at their home most of the time. Talk to them, the ones that, that are in the bad situation. Bring them off to the side. This is what people don't understand about the boxing gym. When you go to the gym, like everybody's hugging everybody. Everybody's patting everybody on the back and giving encouragement. And it, it really is a big family, a big team. Boxing is an individual sport, but it really is a team, especially the amateurs. They all work together, they work hard, and they encourage each other. And that goes over to personal life. Once somebody figures out, oh, this this person needs a little extra help outside the gym, they're there to help. That's the greatest thing about the boxing gym that you had no idea. I and mean, right. most people don't. That's why boxing is such a tough sell at this level, at the amateur level, because people don't understand how many lives it saves or how it saves lives and how it really helps these kids stay motivated, stay off the street, stay because, look, I'm off the street because I can't let my teammates down. My teammates find out that I'm breaking into houses or my teammates find out I'm doing drugs. That's just not going to be acceptable. It's so important. We interviewed Chris and Misty from Casey Golden Gloves, and Misty had shared her story about being a female boxer and how she was in a very bad place in her life before hitting the gym. And then once she got in the gym, she felt like she, number one, was surrounded by definitely a boxing family, but number two, very empowered. And I think that's the connection where Hope House tries to empower, and we've been quite successful at empowering survivors to be able to go on and do whatever they want to do. And Misty is a gem. I just fell in love with her. And she definitely encouraged us just by talking about her story. Hope House is actually really excited to go and chat with the boxers prior to the event. Give a five-minute motivational talk about social responsibility and how they're all being leaders right now. So we're excited to join up and collaborate in a little different way this time for the In Your Corner event. So you'll be there again and helping us with this. Talk about what you've done with Christie's Champs. There's three organizations involved in this event, the Casey Golden Gloves, Hope House, and Christie's Champs. Tell us a little bit about your motivation in starting that and then what you do with that organization. So, of course, my motivation was helping others to get as much awareness out there about domestic violence as I possibly could. So with Christie's Champs, the main things we're doing right now, we're putting computers in local boxing gyms. And you no, know, you think our first response is, in the gym well forget that not every kid has a computer at home every kid has internet service at home so the boxing gym and one of the things I'm most proud of one of the coaches called and said one of his boxers had just completed his college application online on one of the computers uh, that we have oh, wow. so oh. I was like proud and like so the computers are being used for positive that is very important and then at, at Christmas especially we do a thing with my brother's foundation my brother passed away two years ago from colon cancer and we give kids back home in my little town in West Virginia, we play Santa Claus. Each year we, we pick either like the elementary school kids, this year it was elementary school, last year we feel like the teenagers often get left out at Christmas time because everybody wants the little kids to make sure they have presents. So we make sure that the high school kids got presents at, at Christmas time. So that those two things are like the most important to me in my brother's name because he would be so happy. Uh, he would he would give you the shirt off his back. He was a much better dude than me. I don't know why I made it. He didn't, but because he, he definitely deserved to. I just tried to do positive. You know, if somebody lets us know, we, we make a we made a big donation of clothes and stuff to here in Austin, Texas, to the this, I think it's called Safe House here. Wherever any place we are, wherever we can go and speak and talk about domestic violence, we're there and. Uh, 
anybody that needs help, we're trying to, to help, whether it be a survivor, we get messages that they need some, I, I try to make sure that they are directed in the right way. Okay, so we're, we're doing this event. You're going to be there. Do you want to talk about your book? So we have uh, Ron Borges, who the boxy people may know. He was the person, he was like the lone person that picked Holyfield to be Tyson. He wrote the book. So we'll probably have a few books with us in, in March. And, and we also uh, have some other good news, uh, personal news. The script is written for the movie. So oh, wow. there's a chance the movie will actually get made. See how that goes. I hope you'll get to be like a consultant to talk about different aspects of it. And I'm, oh, well, that's exciting. That's I exciting. can't wait to see that. Yeah. So, well, we can certainly put a link to your book on the podcast so that anybody listening that's interested, I think it's a great book. I love it. I gave it out as gifts to people at Christmas, and uh, you signed one for my daughter, and she got to meet you at the event. And so for her, it was, you should, I wish I could have had captured it better on film. When she opened it and saw that, and then you had signed it for her. She was so excited for that. So we'll put a link on that, Mm -hmm. but we will also, I really want to make sure that we highlight the three organizations that are involved in this event, because it is about empowerment, it's about self-esteem, it's about promoting and enhancing the the lives of kids and making sure that that everybody has a fair shot and has the Mm -hmm. information that they need. So again, I was one that needed to be convinced that boxing and domestic violence went together, and I'm really excited to be able to talk about that because I do think that you can see the connections mm-hmm. when you look at what, what the missions of each of our organizations are, the synergies there. It's all about that. The avenue of how we talk about it is different than what Hope House is used to. The one thing that I was going to say when we were talking about Misty is is like women that want to go to the boxing gym, they never have to think about competing. And I don't like, I've been asked to come talk at a women's self-defense class for boxing, and I tell them no, because I don't see boxing as self-defense for women, for anybody, but for women especially, because that's not what boxing workout does. But by the boxing workout does, you, you start to gain confidence. It's mental. I mean, it's physical, but it's mental. When you start feeling better mentally, then, then you, you just automatically, you just hold yourself up high and you're strong and even with your words, come out a little stronger, a little more like up behind it. That's what the boxing workout does. It's not about physical, it's about mental. Which I think is so important. Tina and I were talking before mm-hmm. just about how we don't always, and I don't think it's just women that do this, but we don't give ourselves the grace that we give mm-hmm. other people. We don't have the confidence necessarily in ourselves that we have in other people. And so being able to help build that up and, and help someone feel better about themselves and mm-hmm. to have that confidence, I think that that's absolutely key. And, and behind what we do, mm-hmm. all of us, what we do for our work. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's really nice to know that there's a fellow introvert that is also a scrapper in the world and definitely a survivor. Thank you for what you're doing for and in the name of domestic violence. And we are so excited to see you in March. Forward to it. We are too. Thanks, Christy. Join Hope House, Casey Golden Gloves, and Christy's Champs at Uptown Theater, March 2nd at 7 p.m. Join us for a powerful event demonstrating that together we can overcome any challenges. To sponsor the event or reserve your tickets, just go to hopehouse.net.